115 miles is back. Hassan, how did you feel about this episode today? It was good to be back in the hot seat, Josh. Um, we haven't spoken actually for uh, a little while just because it's been really busy. So what better way than to just jump in and 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 do a 150 miles episode? It was good. And we talked about Mental Health Awareness Week is where we found ourselves. But we had a big, long conversation actually around addictive eating, binge eating, restrictive eating. Yeah. Um, so that was quite a good conversation, right? Yeah, it was really good. And I think around systems as well and what happens when your systems fall down and, and the impact of that. So food was just the, the topic that, you know, that seemed to uh, orbit around. But yeah, that was good. And then we obviously um, talked about a few topical things, just high level uh, before moving into our reasons to be cheerful, which are both special ones for us. They are special ones. I think people should go and listen to this episode. You're going to enjoy it. We will see you in two weeks time. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Yo, that's my. <laughs> I wanted to do something different to Hassan, but I've gone with yo. Oh man, are we back in 1992 or something? Feels quite young and hip, doesn't it? It feels down. Yeah. Does it feel down with the kids? I don't know. I don't. I I feel like if I said that to my daughter, she would take the piss out of me with her face and she- like. Does she not, not say take... words? She just look back, look down at me. Does she not do that to you anyway? Like my kids just are just completely yeah. embarrassed by me twenty four seven, regardless yep. of what I say. Hundred percent. And yeah. I always feel like I'm a young dad. So like in your head, you're quite hip, aren't you? In my head, yeah. I had this conversation with Chris. Like he was like, "Are you ready to embrace your your mid forties?" Like, and I'm like, "No, man, I'm young." Yeah, young you know, at heart. You know what's really bad is. It started like it's all right when it happens with your kids, yeah, because they're your kids, right? So they make you feel old anyway, right? Because you are, you're yeah. just you're old yeah. to them. But it started happening at football. Like the team would like I would make references or a joke and reference something, and they wouldn't know who it was, and I'd be like, oh, no, they're because they're all. T- then you feel old when it's when you <sighs> these people you think are your peers, and you yeah. think that you're the same age as them, yeah. and like, you know, they make jokes about my age and stuff. Yeah, we bought we bought um, a guy a birthday card, uh, and it said, um, "You know you're old if when you fall over, uh, if people start laughing, you're still young. If people are concerned, then you're old." (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm definitely getting to that secondary territory. You know what I mean? If I if I slipped over on ice, I reckon people go, "All right, you're right." So how have you been, mate? Oh, sorry. Yeah, good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, Was in New York last week uh, with work, which was amazing. It was really, it was fun. It was hard work. Um, Just, yeah, but it was really nice. What were you doing there? Uh, So we were running a workshop for a client of ours who were actually mostly based in in Texas, but everyone flew in and then um, that went really well. And then we 
you know, I have friends and stuff out there, so. Oh, you're like a globe. New York friends. Citizen. New York yeah. friends. Why did you not say New York with a New York accent? By the way, when you said it. Why would I say that? Well, because that's like people could say, don't they? I'm going to New How? York. I'm going to New York. The <laughs> the Big Apple. <laughs> New York. Oh, that's quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So did you? I meet- also bumped into our great friend, uh, our great mutual friend Ollie Scott, and the team from Unknown. And how was I that? I say bumped into them, but we went out for a night out and it was good, fun. Did you feel old? I felt <laughs> old in a good way. I felt wise. Did you? On the night, yeah. Was, <laughs> was you like holding court? Holding court, yeah. Was, you, was <laughs> nah. you having a water between each drink and stuff like that? I should have done. I really should have done because <laughs> I had a meeting the next morning and I woke up and I felt like I hadn't gone to sleep. So, uh, yeah, it was... But, you know... I'm a veteran of these things, so I rocked up on time, fresh, <laughs> add, adding on value. Time. That's a yeah. showing of your age, by the way, that you're pleased that you turned up on time to a social event. Do you think? No, not to the social <laughs> event, the meeting the next day. <laughs> no, I meant, <laughs> like, you thought I was, like, uh, pleased. Uh, yeah, yeah. I turned up at the bar on time, uh, ordered the drinks in. Yeah, uh, no, I was talking about the, the meeting the next day. So how have you been? How's work been anyway? For, let's let's check in on a work perspective first. Work, work, um, candidly, work's been really full on. Like, so it's a good thing that you're busy, but um, but I think we've just um, got so much on in so many different parts of you know what we do that it it I've definitely had days where I felt a bit overwhelmed with it all. Yeah, I've talked about it on the pod before. I don't really get overwhelmed that often but when it when when it does happen I don't really talk about it very often um but it's there's there's nothing like a bit of a break from your routine to to help you to kind of start to put things first to to assess where the the damage is being created but then to put things into perspective and I think uh you know having a break from my cycle of just you know you know doing what we do going into new york and even just the, just even the travel in between there and there and back um or the time zone difference just helps you kind of you know uh, put things in uh into a different sort of a perspective um just it just made me realize i was sort of i have been focusing on the wrong things um at the wrong time and so what business wise really you mean helpful. you've been focusing on the wrong things business wise at the wrong time yeah, what I mean by that is I think all of it needs to be done, but I think I'm trying to do all of the things that need to be done all at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. And actually, it's just about putting your focus a bit like what Johan Harry talks about. You know, you can't multitask all the time because you just lose energy doing it. And so actually just understanding that in order to get things done in, in the way that needs to happen, you've got to zones have zones of productivity or zones of focus, really. And so that's kind of my aha light bulb moment is is how I'm going to distribute my time going forward and what I'm going to focus on. So I think a big part of my personal strategy and the business strategy is to, for me to move more into um, into the digital side of the business, whereas I've been almost hoping that I can find time to do that. Now it just needs to be a bit more deliberate. If that yeah. makes sense, I've been I've been like, oh, I'll get to it, you know, on Thursday afternoon between you know three and four. But of course, by the time you get to that place, you, you you're not really in the right headspace to do that. 
Whereas now I've got to just be way more deliberate and intentional with how I'm going to use the time in the week. Um, Because what's been happening is is I've just been working later and later, convincing myself that my inefficiency during the day was just what's like, it's just, you know, I've just got to do hours just because that's what's needed um, to do a startup or a scale up or because you're busy. Like you just convince yourselves that you have to work long hours. But actually that for me personally, a big part of it is is down to my lack of efficiency in how I was working mm. because I was trying to move through too many things at once. And also I'm a, I'm a major procrastinator as well. So you add that on top of it. And so I'd convince myself that long hours is just part, it's just, you know, it's part of the course when you're doing the kind of work that we do. But actually I think I could, you know, add so much more time into my personal time just by being a bit more efficient and focused. So that's where I've been got to. That's a long way of answering. And when did you get back from question. New York, by the way? When did you get back from New York? Yeah, I've got landed on Friday. Oh, so morning. you've been off all, did you, you've been off for the last yeah. three days. You had bank holiday yeah. off and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you haven't yeah. even seen if you've started implementing it yet. That's what I was going to say is if. if yeah, you... no, I I mean, the, the, the first thing that we put in last week was an 8.30 check-in with me and me and Guy, my, my ops partner, and that was that happened today. So it's, you know, start yeah. as we mean to go on. And how do you feel in yourself, personally, on a personal level? You look a mess, but how do you feel? <laughs> no, I'm joking, you look very well, actually. I feel good, I feel good, man. I, I was focusing a lot on, on health, actually, before I went, and um, just eating better and being a bit more mindful, um, doing some exercise, walking every day, walking the dog and, you know, and things like that. So um, uh, now I feel good. You don't talk about the dog now, it's not a puppy. Or now it's not new. <laughs> yeah, I've moved through it. No, I, I was very <laughs> conscious that people, I was I was starting to turn the Everything listeners off. Everything was a dog analogy when it came to you. <laughs> yeah. what, would, <laughs> what would dog leadership uh, experts do in this situation? <laughs> um, yeah, no, 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 it's not a puppy anymore. Is she still a puppy? This is the love of my life. Cool. Well, are you going to ask me how I am or not? You're not like I was just about to. You were having a glass of water. <laughs> now it feels inauthentic. But Josh, tell us about how, how am you're I? Doing. Uh, for, let's start work. Let's do. Let's do me at work. Like from a work perspective, feeling like pretty good. Obviously, I've had like I've been uh, quite focused on uh, growing the kind of person to person stuff that I do. So like my yeah. inner you. Uh, program the next cohort is in June so I've been looking at uh, doing that started the new curiosity series didn't I on Instagram which is like like blown my socials up by the way I've yeah I've grown like 30,000 it's crazy I can't believe it that was like what you were just like six weeks ago less than that weren't you well less than six weeks ago yeah I think less than six weeks ago I've gone from like 21,000 that I'd sort of been sat around for a little bit um to uh, about to hit 50 um but the reason i'm reflecting on that right it's not necessarily like it it's important to understand that i'm not using them metrics to flatter myself that their metrics in terms of like that is my work really when i'm looking at person to person stuff growing that is kind of my work and i think that's like helped me a little bit in terms of a little bit of the stuff that you were saying in the way in which i focus on what i'm going to do I get, I've got loads of ideas up in my head and actually, um, you know, like you're quite a systems-based person. We have this conversation quite a lot. You're quite systems-based. 
and I sometimes try to tackle my sort of uh, overwhelm with what I need to do by using systems mm. and I'm not a systems based person mm. so it doesn't always work or it see, does see I'm the reverse of you right I'm a syst- I've realised I am a si- I am energised by systems but I don't I often don't like do the work put the work in to make those systems uh, consistent does yeah. that make sense it does so I, make I, sense yeah I, I, I definitely I look at stuff and I try and I get energized by the systems behind it, but I don't always kind of put the yards in, you know, the hard yards in. Whereas I think what you're naturally a systems-based person, but you put you implement systems as a as a tool to get you know to get you through whatever you're getting through. So like every day without fail, you do your your gym or whatever, and actually that's a systems that kind of that gives you your well-being and health and stuff like that. So that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it's true. And what I've just been doing is focusing on the things that are energizing me in the moment. So I'm like, rather than just, I just think, right, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. And I'm, it's much better. I'm much better. Like, I am thinking now of uh, maybe getting somebody, getting some kind of assistant, virtual assistant online. Because one thing that's clear to me, right, particularly with the half term that we just had, and I took most of half term off. Yeah. Like, literally most of it. Yeah. Is that, it slows down. If you're not engaged, is it? No, 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 no. Um, the opposite, really, has happened. I've just been, like, things are just going really well from that perspective at the moment. Uh, but what I've realised is just how much I love not working. <laughs> <laughs> how much I love not working. No, how much I enjoy the family time and, and, and freeing up the free time. And, like, that's what's really important to me, you know? And so if I can get people... I remember somebody very early on, I can't remember who it was, saying to me, uh, when you get to a stage where you can afford to pay somebody to do the stuff that you don't enjoy, then pay them. Like, don't get too caught up in listening to people that say, do it all yourself and da-da. Just like, if you can, pay them and free up the time. And there's yeah. a lot in that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm on that. And then from a personal perspective, mate, doing all right. I've uh, finished football this weekend. Last that was year. huge, right? That was massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, was it as weekend. big in real life as maybe you'd built it up in your head, like the retiring? Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, but like I feel very ready and very, it's the right, do you know what I mean? So I'm not like, there's no regrets or anything like that. And to have won the league in the way that we did, that's like the biggest league I've ever won. So to do that, you know, and to, to hang them up that way... Um, was really good and it was nice I had all the family there do you know what I mean all the kids came yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah we did all the trophy stuff so yeah it was was quite reflective and quite emotional about it on Saturday and I've done my knee in as well so like was, in the last game or yeah, just in general jarred oh. my knee and then didn't say anything because I wanted to play the full game so yeah. played basically yeah. not being able to run for the rest yeah. of the game uh, everyone's going thank fuck he's leaving <laughs> yeah no no yeah. I, I, even on the football pitch when I went over everyone was like yeah. oh no are you alright was... <laughs> they're concerned for you <laughs> yeah, they're concerned yeah but no uh, I, like I was in the gym yesterday was it yesterday I was in the gym yesterday morning with this big stone cold Steve Austin knee brace on my knee just unable right. to do anything like yeah. I am literally that old man in the gym with a knee brace on just doing stretches it, man. Uh, but yeah mate other than that good and I feel like I feel um I went through like a bit of a down period actually. Um, Afterwards or coming up to? No, no, no. It? Not in relation to the football, but a couple of weeks oh, right. ago, just through okay. a bit of a like, 
feeling overwhelmed pretty regularly. So I think I'm in that kind of, it's, I do them waves, you know, go mm. down and then I, I'm in sort of a, an up period at the moment. So it feels pretty good. What do you think was contributing to that? Nothing too much. Nothing, nothing in particular. Um, yeah. Nothing in particular. Uh, although regularly or sort of in intermittently, regularly not not so much. Intermittently, I stopped doing the things that I know work for me. And when I stopped doing mm. the things that I know work for me, then I I feel crap. Do you know what I mean? And then I get to a point where uh, something happens. Something changes. So actually, what happened is I read a book called. Um, called I might be wrong I may be wrong so Johan Harry that's got to be very difficult for you right to, <laughs> to read a book like that actually funnily enough the reason I bought it is because I live by the uh idea that I might be wrong right so I only bought the book I wish you could admit it on here sometimes I, I, Josh what, that I'm wrong yeah no I live by did. I live by the idea that I might be wrong it just hasn't happened yet <laughs> <laughs> uh but no I read I got this book I read it in a couple of weeks and basically uh, to cut a long story short, it, he goes and lives as a forest monk in like for 17 years, this dude who's like a financial guy in Sweden and then he goes and does that. Uh, and these forest monks live eating once a day. So I read the yep. book and I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to just eat once a day. But of course, I didn't do it like a monk. I just went into restricting my food and then crashed after three days, had a massive binge eat. And then it was off the back of that where I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm in... Like I'm in those stupid places in my mind, uh, and then since then I've been back on the on an upward turn. So, um, yeah, good book though. I, um, wow, worth yeah, reading. I I um I two things that I think um I reflected on going away uh, is you really have to find time. You have to make time for your like creative nourishing. So for you, that's reading, or um, you know, for me, sometimes it, it's it's cooking. But it, I want it to be more reading, and I also want it to be more sort of craft-based creativity as well. Because I think I realise that a lot of my ideation comes from like sketching and and doodling or whatever, right? What have you? And I don't really make time to do that. So I think that's really important. But reading is definitely something that I don't haven't been making enough time for over the last few years. It's almost like if I feel like I need to tackle a business problem, I'll just zone in on something. But I don't read to expand. Mm. I haven't been reading to expand for a while. Um, and so I think, you know, trying to build a bit more of that back in is really important. Um, the other thing that I reflected on was um, I was I had I had you know, despite what I was saying about, you know, not putting the effort into systems, I had built a system for myself, for my personal health, just around, you know, um, mindfulness around eating and, and food and stuff like that. And it had gotten to, you know, to such a level of habit that I wasn't even needing to think about it anymore. It was just happening. I was, and, you know, all of the metrics that I was measuring were going in the right direction. So I was really happy. And then obviously you, you slap a massive trip to the US in the middle of it and your systems just sort of fall apart because you're on a different different time zone. We're working, it's full on, you're going out and stuff like that. So it's sort of kind of, and I could feel coming back in, um, my mind was saying, right, just, just snap back into it. But then I was like, oh, well, just give yourself 
Friday off because you're just settling back in and then it's like oh I'll start you know and you can just sort of see that it starts to creep back in the idea that your systems are trying to uh your the forces are kind of at play and actually I realized that all you need to do is like not go oh I need to be back to the where I was you just need to start doing it again mm. you just wh- take that first step whatever that first step for anyone is in that and just get back in it so for you like I just need to I just check myself and get back into the things that you know that that you know that that make me work. And do you know do, do you know what you've just described down to a T? Is what? is relapse in addiction? Yeah. And this is like what well, I don't think people realize this with food, right? But but it's actually particularly I think sugar and perhaps carbs, but mainly sugary carbs, right? Because sugar's in yeah. everything. Right? Yeah. Anything yeah. that's like anything that feels nice when you're in trapped in the addiction yeah yeah it's, it's got sugar in it right um and what you just described is what people go through when they relapse in addiction right which is i was sober imagine it was alcohol i was sober yeah and then i went on a trip and it was like how am i going to go to america and not have a drink so i had a drink and then like when i was flying home i thought i'll just get back on i'll just go sober again um mm. but then i couldn't i found myself just mm. promising myself i'd only have one and I ended up keep doing that. Mm. And I don't know why it doesn't get talked about in like this way, because that's exactly what it is. And this is what I found, right? So I did the, that. Can I Go just on. say on that, because you and I have talked about this, right? Um, like you won't have a drink. Like you would go to New York and not have a drink. And and if you're, if you're, if you're strong in your journey, not strong, that's not the right word, but if you're deep in your journey and you're committed to it, you're probably not going to have a drink, whereas you can't really do that with food. And that's the right? big problem. Yeah. and that, We've and talked that, about this, right? Like yeah, with, yeah. with other addictions, you can almost go, right, well, it's binary. I'm either doing it or not doing it. Whereas with food, you can't not eat food. There's just different, right? Like, so for, you know, for those people that are addicted to food. All of us to a degree. For sure, right? Um, but the extreme cases, there's no like... I can't eat. There's no, just go abstinent. Yeah. And this is is the thing. And this is something that I've kind of come to a realization for like recently is just that we're all food addicts, right? We're all food addicts. And what we do is we go through uh, periods of like relapsing. And so basically what I did was I relapsed. And then what I find is, I don't know if you find this, but people, uh, people might relate to this. But when I wanted, when I wanted to get myself back into gear of clean eating, it was awful. It's always awful for about three days for me mm. where, mm. and when I say clean eating, what I mean is just eating normally, right? Yeah. So eating enough, eating when I'm hungry, eating to fuel my body, not completely restricting or anything like that, eating what is a healthy amount of calories. But for the first two or three days, I feel like I'm starving myself. And then when I get to the third or fourth day, I'm like, I'll look at a chocolate bar and I'm a bit like, I'm not interested in it until something triggers me, yeah, I'm angry, tired, or whatever it is, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I want to fucking have a binge, right? Mm. And that is like, that is, in and of itself, that is addiction. And mm. so what we, I think we all go through is those periods where we're like, uh, and we do all the same things as an, you know, an alcoholic or an addict would do, which is like, it's only one chocolate bar, you know, it's only a binge last night, I'll get straight back on it tomorrow. We have all the same feelings of shame. And I think, you know, I certainly know for me, what I do is I go through periods where I relapse on the way that I eat all of the time. And at the moment, I'm in a really good period where I've got a really healthy relationship with food at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but the perception of myself and the, how easy I find it to be in denial when I am binge eating and all that kind of stuff, it's exactly the same. The other thing that I realise about my own personal journey with this is uh, it is intrinsically for me, not just uniquely for me, but I'm just sort of speaking on, on my behalf. It's intrinsically connected to um, to exercise and kind of fitness as well, right? So, and I think um, if you're sort of eating really well, but that's your only thing, and then you have a you have a moment where you're like it disrupts your pattern, then it it sort of magnifies the you falling off. Whereas if you're sort of exercising and eating well, even if you eat not so well, but you continue your exercise throughout whatever that looks like almost it kind of it's it doesn't go as far apart in mm. a way because your mind is operating in a different way so i think um i was sort of saying to myself oh i'll get to i'll get to new york do that and then when i come back i'll really kind of you know properly you know focus on the health whereas actually i know in the back of my mind i should have been doing that as a two-track thing um you know going in because i knew that you know i knew it's a bit like you know you're about to kind of crash into a wall it you still keep running towards it right yeah, i sort yeah. of knew that that was going to happen and actually in in hindsight also it wasn't quite as bad as i i was expecting it to be because you you still carry some of that but i think um i think when i guess the point i'm trying to make is when you make it all about one thing and then that one thing fails that system fails it just makes everything much more difficult you've vested everything into that one system and that's why like crash diets don't work. You know, that's why ultimately long term they don't work. They might have the short term gains. Whereas let's say keto, right? Anyone that I, and by the way, I've done keto before and I, and I know a lot of people swear by it, but when you're on it, it's amazing. Like you get the energy and all this sort of stuff. But then as soon as you have to try and incorporate real life back in, you get the taste of the carbs and or whatever, and then you're just done, you know? So that's why there's no long-term sustainability based on one system because if that system fails you, it almost kind of it piles on the pressure again for it to work. So I think it's multiple systems or kind of routines or behaviours or good habits so that if one trips up a little bit, the others carry you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why you do mental health, that, uh, like, you know, that's why you do your ice baths, that's why you do reading, that's why you do food, because you know that one of those is likely to fail at some point, but the rest kind of get you back on track. Yeah, it's so true, and it's why you need to do things for your overall health, because they're all like, you know, I know you say mental health, but that's why I don't, like, I don't even like the term mental health, right? Mm. Because, it's, because it separates it, and the body just doesn't, the body doesn't separate. Holistic it. health. It's holistic. Yeah, exactly. It's all of us, right? They're all yeah. linked, right? You know, yeah. it, if I if I'm not eating well and I'm doing a lot of binge eating, then emotionally I feel crap. But if emotionally I feel crap and I'm not looking after myself emotionally, then I have a tendency to binge eat, yeah. right? So I need to be able to look after myself as a whole and look at all the things that I'm doing to understand how they all impact and affect one another. The problem mm. is, is that we we take the one thing and we, and I see like I always I think we've talked about this on the podcast before but I think that like the sort of uh nutrition and uh, uh physical training space yeah is full of people that are addicted to nutritional eat nutritional eating and exercising trying to tell a load of people who are quite addicted to binge eating 
and not exercising, right? And then they're coming at it from two complete opposite angles. And what you get is like what you said, when you do a fad diet, it's a bit like me saying to somebody, oh, I've got a good way to quit drinking. Like I always say, go and sit on top of a mountain in the Himalayas and meditate with a goat for four weeks and you won't drink, right? And it's great and you can do that, but then you've got to come back to real life. And like fad diets are a bit like that. Mm. And, and, and like to throw into the mix while we're here, it's not talked about enough with men. Because I, I, I'm telling you now, I look in the mirror sometimes and I, like, I, I get so worried about when I start getting older and I think a lot in my head, how am I going to not get overweight? Because in my mind, I hate the idea of that and I often look in the mirror and think I look fat. And I am so glad I'm not a woman in that, in that respect because the pressure on them, on top of the internal pressures, I think is like tenfold, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Particularly yeah. like when I look up like my wife and get into a certain age now and how much it's in her mind now as well, uh, you know, the pressures and all that kind of stuff. So the like societal pressures as well to look a certain way, I think it's increased on men a lot in, in more recent years, right? Um, yeah. But imagine what it would be like to be a woman and, do you know yeah. what I mean? And the pressures that yeah. are coming up. Yeah. And that starts... It starts, you know, now even younger. Yeah. With with the pressure on girls because of social media and access to and you know like even like even if they're not accessing social media but watching YouTube videos and it's it's everywhere, right? I mean, sorry, mm. YouTube is social media, but you know what I mean, like not community yeah. based or uh, followership based, but just videos that you know you might they might be thinking they're watching a a video of some kids show but actually it's all kind of baked into you know into the narrative on that sort of stuff and it's just it's just fed in from from a very young age that you've got to look and behave a certain way pressure and mm. then so that's just a lifetime it's a life sentence of expectation that's unreal unrealistic it's disproportionate it's not natural and i'm you know and i'm not <clears throat> i'm not virtue signaling I've got, I've got two daughters i see it you know it's real it's in our house it's not it's not like we yeah, know man. it's you know like we know it's being talked about publicly um, for the right reasons, as, as in it's wrong and it needs to change, but it doesn't change either. By the way, like you know that they're, they're still pouring you know billions of dollars of marketing spend into perpetuating this myth, and like but it does it definitely needs to shift. It's 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 not it's it's unhealthy because it is affecting. It is affecting, I know there's only other, one other way, you know, there's only one way that we collectively know it's, it's affecting their mental health. Mm. So it is affecting their whole health, but, it, you know, in terms of their mental health, it's definitely significant. Yeah, and like my daughter's five, so one of my daughters is five, and they're learning at school about healthy foods, right? And so, like, in a way, you think that's great, right? It's good that, like, they're learning about it at a young age. But there is a flip side to that, like, because they're sort of being taught, because they're quite young, that, you know, healthy foods are good for you and unhealthy foods might make you put weight on and might make you get, like, fat and that. So, like, yeah. now my daughter's asking me at five years old, is this healthy? And there's a bit yeah. of me that's like, I don't, I'm a bit like, just, yeah. I don't know if you should be worrying about that yet. Yeah. Just don't worry about that, right? Because yeah. it's in yeah. her head. And, like, I, I do think sometimes that, that, that's a little bit treating the symptom stuff. Because if you create an environment f that's healthy, nurturing, nurturing and loving for children, 
then they won't necessarily, you'll find they're much less likely to become addicted to things like binge eating and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so like, I, I don't know, man. I don't even know where I'm fully at when my daughter, like part of me's like, yeah, it's great that she's learning about healthy foods and nutrition. But part of me's like, I don't know if I like it that my five-year-old's asking me if something that she's eating is healthy. I guess, um, I guess it's it's the context, right? Because if the context is that they equal it to to getting fat, you know, or if that language starts to come out of a five-year-old or a six-year-old or, or you know, my seven-year-old's mouth, you you really got to kind of um, question it because if they start to kind of equate it to calories and then that that becomes a lifetime of unhealthy obsession and you see it yeah. playing out. But then I guess I also, I'm on the other side, it's like, I would, you know, I do think, um, I do think uh, quite early, maybe five feels a bit early, but, you know, quite early, just understanding, um, understanding kind of what goes into your body and the impact of it and, and healthiness overall, as opposed to just what I'm eating is really important. So more around energy than it is about, you know, fatty foods and stuff like that yeah. or non-fatty foods. It's a hard one. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on obesity, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, uh, numbers and things like that going up. And so you can you can feel a bit of corporate bullshit going on there. Right. Like governments are saying, right, you need to start tackling it by getting teachers to talk about it, whereas they're still putting crap in the school meals, you know what I mean? And, 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 underfunding, yeah, yeah. and, 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 you know, yeah, not doing know. anything to change yeah. the societies that these young kids exist yeah, yeah, in and yeah, perpetuate yeah, exactly. where obesity might be yeah. more likely to happen. But it is yeah. a fine line. I mean, like I talk about schools and uh, them talking about it, but I also, um, the, like a few weeks ago, my, the, my same daughter uh, said uh, on the weekend, are you getting a Chinese tonight, dad, or are you being good? And I was like, shit man like you mm. gotta be so careful because that's not good mm. that's not good that she's thinking like you know it's being good or bad to eat certain types um, of foods we all want to know though josh were you good or did you get the chinese it was a saturday night i'd very much expect i got the chinese <laughs> <laughs> i often i often uh will get a chinese after football or chinese or yeah. curry on a saturday night yeah but yeah. um yeah, you yeah, know, right though. Like, yeah, like she's about, picking up that from you, and yeah, yeah. yeah. about what same, we say in the same house goes and on stuff here. Like that. Yeah. yeah, because because um, sometimes me, me and Leah, we can talk about it quite a lot. Yeah, about what we're eating and if we're being good. Yeah. And no, 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 I'm not going to have that. Don't get any chocolate when you go shopping. Say things yeah. like that. Don't get any. Yeah. I don't want any. Yeah. You know, and I just don't know. Yeah, like you know, it's a it's a fine line. Isn't it? I just think it's just that uh, we what you know we've got to be conscious of the impact of our actions on other people you know around us so and that's that that's passive as well as active right so there's the active which we can be much more um, aware of right you can your 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 actions might be I might not I might not say X or Y but in in terms of picking up your energy or your body language or your behaviours it's kind of you know easier to resonate if you if you're a parent and you're sort of seeing it in terms of you know the impact on kids around you but it isn't just about kids and dependence it's about how you you know it's about the things you might say off the cuff to friends or a conversation you might have with somebody else without being, being cognizant of what might be going on in their world right so yeah. you've just got to be kind of a bit more conscious of it 
Which kind of leads nicely. I was going to talk about a couple of topical things that are going on in the world at the moment, but I don't feel like we've got to... I mean, just before we come on, by the way, I was seeing that um, the lady off the Good Morning Britain, what's her name? Susie something. It's done a big interview with Boris Johnson. That's like hot off the press. I was oh. just watching it before we come on. Like that's right. going out this morning. Okay. Um, Boris Johnson saying that people are going to have to make some difficult choices about what they spend their money on, uh, which is nice of him. Um, and then uh, and then she was coming back and she did give an example of a, a lady, an older lady that lives on her own and the decisions she's had to make about like eating once a day. I mean, like the, the, the state that we're in, in terms of uh, financially for people, is um, horrific. It's horrific, the, the state at the moment, right? Uh, and it's going to get worse. I mean, we're, we're sort of in spring, right? So we're not even, you know, people are, I, I know, because I, I, I sort of anecdotally see it on, on like feeds of people talking about, you know, people who have a level of affluence themselves, you know, are saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm switching off. We're not using anything. We've cut energy consumption right down. And yet it's still X pounds a month. Yeah. And uh, these are people. I'm not. I'm making assumptions. I don't know that they can that they can cover it. I'm just making. You know, I've made an assumption that it's okay. But for a lot of people, you know, eating once a day or not even just to, eating just to be able to pay certain things. Some people are um, not taking the medication that they've got to pay for because they can't afford it. Just imagine what it's going to get like. Um, you know, when it gets to like you know colder months. And what I've read on I think it was yesterday is that the energy companies because of like uh their hike in prices they've been able to withstand the pressure of the the war in Ukraine they have yeah oh well, that's nice for them yeah 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 like this government needs to do something about it, otherwise we're going to have a really serious problem like it is serious it's going to get really serious as we start to kind of hit you know september onwards yeah yeah like people are gonna people are gonna die like there's no doubt about it people, people are gonna are die, gonna die. Yeah, yeah 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 and this is off the back you know I, I, a lot of this has got to do also with what we did for the last two years right and mm. you know how we tackled the pandemic and that never seemed to, to nobody ever reflected on how many people it might kill in different ways and poverty right poverty yeah. is going to be you know, going to be one big one of them as well. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm just going to allude to it because I feel like we're, we're as a we call ourselves a topical debate show. I feel like we should allude to things that are topical, right? And and yeah. and, and, and in a way that we're not uh, avoiding them. Have you? And just give me the honest answer because my answer is that I haven't really kept up with it or seen what's going on with it. Have you seen anything to do with the Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard? Um, I haven't really been following it um, other than sort of the odd thing that might catch my eye. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been following it. No, nor have I. But I wanted to allude to it because I feel like it's big in, in the topical debate space. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to let people know we're not squeaking around it, right? But there is, yeah. it has become the latest who do you support, right? I, the posts that I see, it's either like, Definitely. You know, Johnny Depp is evil yeah. or Amber Heard yeah. is evil. Um, right. And I just sort of think, you know, sometimes relationships become incredibly toxic, right? And it, we always seem to need a victim and an abuser when actually sometimes, and I don't know, one of them might be a victim and one of them might be an abuser. I don't know enough about it, if I'm honest, right? But 
sometimes relationships can get to the point where you're just abusing each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you don't really yeah. need to, there doesn't necessarily always need to be a I mean, it, 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 just from what I have, the little bits I have picked up, it just sounded like it was a very, very complex and fraught relationship that involved drink, drugs on both sides, violence, potentially on both sides. And now what's playing out is it, no one will really know, you yeah. know, unless, you know, the people that were in it or around it or, you know, but it's just playing out. I think the bigger topics are around where society falls on, you know, um, domestic abuse. Um, is there any space now in current society f to appreciate or... Uh, or listen to the point of view that you know the male can be abused in a particular in a in a relationship. And I think some of that's playing out as well. Then you've got kind of the you know the the you know the people that like to uh, jump on you know on on the point of where society has gone. So they might kind of you know go uh, towards Johnny Depp's side because. They're using it as a way to point out where society's gone. Um, ultimately, um, this happens every day in in many relationships that we don't see. Mm. And I think you know, just elevating the conversation around violence and emotional, uh, you know, emotional abuse and. Uh, gaslighting and all that sort of stuff is it's important because it needs to be raised because it's real it happens mm. it's just this is a high profile hollywood case something's going to happen johnny Depp or amber heard is gonna you know i don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of it i do think that what people should do is 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 reflect on what part of themselves get triggered when when they see it yeah so you know like my experiences make me see it in one way and somebody else's experience will naturally make them see it in in another way and i think like th the greatest work that we can all do is start to look at why certain parts of ourselves are moved in the way in which they are by it and think what yeah. does that say about me and myself and my experiences and what do i do with that yeah. it's like a sad state of affairs really that it's become things like that become such a big you know, I look at it and I just think, I just, it, it's an awful, awful situation. And one of the reasons why I haven't looked at it is because, you know, sometimes, what do they call it, like car crash stuff when, you know, there's a car crash and you can't help but want to look. Yeah. Um, I don't get that with this. I see it and I just think, I just don't even, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I yeah, I'm the same, actually. Play that out yeah. and like, like, what a sad state of affairs that... Um, because I have like certain types of opinions on certain things that I have seen with it. But my, my biggest opinion is like, it shouldn't even be on TV, man. I don't know, yeah, like it should yeah, be Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad that it's it's sort of playing out. It's the destruction of a relationship. And in many ways, it's, it's um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's reality TV that's been, you know, put on. I think I'm the same. I've just like really consciously avoided it because mm. it's it's there all the time and I just don't really engage with it and I just wonder if you if partly it's because you and I have just we've just recently we've said well look we we get to choose where we're putting our time yeah 
we're actively choosing not to put it there because yeah. you know if, if we put it there then it, it's going somewhere else that's not to say i don't i think i don't think the the narratives are important to discuss which is why you've talked about it today i think um the narratives are important to discuss and also we're right in the middle of it so there's there's all we'd be doing right now if we talked about it today which we've just spent the last <laughs> seven minutes doing is yeah. um it's just speculating on where it could go and i think it'd be more interesting to kind of see where it nets out and some of the narratives that come yeah. out amen amen oh, look i did want to talk quickly before we get on to uh, actually i didn't want to talk quickly but that's where we're at because we've ended yeah. up talking about food for as long as we did um it is mental health awareness week um next week beginning next week How, what what does that conjure up for you by the way when i say mental health awareness week we've talked about these things before and you know these things when i say these things i mean i mean conveniently labeled and beautifully wrapped things right and i don't mean that in a in a in, in a, a derogatory way as it comes across but let me unpack it I think a lot of organizations use these sorts of days as a way to virtue signal that they're doing stuff and they're great, right? So I don't like it for that reason, particularly the ones that don't show up for 51 weeks of the 52 weeks of the year. Not really, right? Um, however, what I do like and I really celebrate is that it raises the consciousness around mental health awareness because for 51 weeks of the year a lot of people just go on about it or the people that do suffer or struggle do it in silence so actually it just it, it helps you even if it just makes you if, even if you at work without any malice you've just got your head down you're working you don't really think about it. even for a week you look up and you go ah I can see that Josh might be struggling sometimes I can see that Hassett sometimes might be struggling because of these signals that they may be eliciting that is worth it so yeah. that tr that that trumps it for me. Like it's important to do it. Um, I feel strongly about just virtue signaling businesses, as you and I both do, um, because it's just become a part of a calendar. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Like somebody in a, in another company that sends me a newsletter when um, uh, when um, happy Ramadan to anyone that's celebrating, and this was like near the beginning of it. And I went, but like that you observe Ramadan, you don't celebrate, you, you, you celebrate Eid at the end. And I, I didn't want to get annoyed at him. He was just, he was just doing something that was on the calendar. He probably had a team meeting and we're like, what, you know, what should, how should we start our emails this week? Yeah. Let's say happy, you know, and, and actually I just think that is what I really struggle with. It's like, do the work, be, you know, if you're going to say that, make the conditions around, um, your organization support the people be inclusive make those people that are muslims belong so that when they need to leave early to break their fast or to pray five times a day you don't kind of make it awkward and weird um sorry went on a bit of a soapbox there so um <laughs> uh i i like it for what it does it raises the consciousness that's the number one feeling but also keep an eye on the, the virtue signaling yeah companies too. i do think there's like uh, the, the, the flip side of the virtue signaling is the people, the virtue signaling of the people that work in the space as well, right? Like I've noticed, mm. like if I look at like LinkedIn and I have to be a little bit aware of the proper, the, the, the echo chamber in which I exist in on LinkedIn, right? Which is probably a lot of people in the mental health space. Um, like I do worry that because it's 
once you make it a thing, right, mental health thing, like the big thing now is everybody to say, uh, you know, a webinar's not good enough, it needs to be in your culture, etc., and all that kind of stuff. And I get that and I understand that. Uh, but I sometimes just think these, uh, they're like mental health warriors that are online and they're just like creating these almost unreachable ideas and ideals certainly for like up and coming businesses so like if you look at your own business for example and the way in which we started off the conversation and your own tussles with overwhelm and you know when you're doing it when you are and it is true when you're trying to create something you are working against yourself and you are pushing your limits right and you do have to go beyond what feels good and into that kind of difficult times you know difficult zones and all that kind of stuff at the moment and I worry sometimes that we're trying to create the idea that you can create a like a business stress-free do you know what I mean and that mm. so that virtue signaling is something that worries me a little bit and I, I, mm. I speak to good people sometimes who you know are working in HR for big companies and stuff like that and they have to set out their stall at the beginning like we're doing what we can in the confines of what we work in and they're almost like saying to me at the beginning, please don't try and have a go at us that we only want to do a webinar at the moment. And I'm, I am a little bit like, I think it's all right that you're doing a webinar. I mm. think it's all right. Mm. Like if you look at like the the, the flip side of it or like a, a, a different side of it, obesity, for example, that we just sort of talked about, like they're doing there's sometimes it feels like they're doing the equivalent of going into organizations and going you're serving donuts in your canteen and that's making people fat like unless you stop serving donuts that you can't yeah, yeah, put yeah. on a fitness yeah. you can't put on a fitness class in the morning because you're still serving donuts like yeah i think people there are people that thrive on a bit of stress and really working themselves and you know certainly young I think there's two there's two things that are going on here, right? I think I agree, like, you know, doing that sort of, uh, you know, going in judging and kind of, you know, saying, listen, you know, you know, we are the holy, uh, we are the holy ones. And, you know, we have we can, you know, judge you from out from our lofty position. Um, but I do also think that um, some organisations um, also don't push themselves into that uncharted territory into that uncomfortable territory into into breaking the norms because actually the conversations are a bit more difficult and then the third part of the argument is i agree with you is that we we have to um we have to recognize that it isn't just going to be that sort of that that virtuous place that that place of um utopia right where actually everything's perfect because that's not the world mm. and we you and you and i've talked about and i actually want to make sure that we come back i know we often say this but i think we should come back and talk about what we mean by this because because i think a lot of companies a lot of employers a lot of managers feel very 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 uncomfortable about how to uh how to play a role around people's mental health or anxiety or stress or burnout and they and they operate out of a place of fear so that if somebody says i'm triggered and i can't do this that that's the place that where everyone gets worried about the impact so they don't push past it and so everything gets kind of smushed into one right performance uh, mental health at work care 
time off from work, all that sort of stuff, so that you don't actually ever get to the place you need to get to. So um, I do think that um, companies still need to be doing more than they're doing. Yeah. Um, but if we can get them to a place where they recognize that it's a journey, that actually what they're doing is good, but they still need to aspire to do more, that's what I think is really important. As any good company will recognize that it needs to do in most areas of the business, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, I just sort of, the reason I want to, I wanted to allude to it is because often things, you know, we've talked about this loads of times, but when the pendulum swings too far one way, it ends up swinging too far the other way. And sometimes I look and I see these kind of people working in the mental health space, right? And there's a huge level of hip hypocrisy here because next week I will work myself into the ground. Hmm. Right. So I can't I can't go into mm. and there will be a lot of people that work in this space and uh, that will work themselves into the ground during Mental Health Awareness Week, going into businesses, telling leaders that they shouldn't be working people into the ground. Yeah. So so, so like there's a level of like grey area here. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do the work in this space that I do if I didn't work myself into the ground for three years to be able to establish myself. So I can't yeah. now go into businesses or startups and go, well, you need to stop working yep. everyone into the ground because i think to get yep. something off the floor yep. there's a level of working yourself into the ground and how do we counter that and how do we make micro changes and of course look the pull and the 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 allure of wanting to me you know me wanting to go into an organization and saying your whole culture's messed up pay me loads of money to work with you on a monthly retainer basis to sort your culture out i i i can see why people do it right so yep. I'm being a bit facetious there in the way that I say that, but I think there's a level of truth in that. Um, and I think, you know, when I look at like mental health on a, on a micro scale, I think the biggest threat to our emotional state is, is the monetization and patholo pathologization of our natural human emotion, right? That's what I think is the biggest threat to our emotional state. Yeah. So yeah. if we can convince everybody that whenever you feel bad, there's something wrong and you need to take a tablet or enroll in some course or whatever. Yeah. I think that's the biggest threat to us. And I think that's true on a kind of corporate level now as well. Yeah. Where, you know, the moment that you make it a thing and you can monetize it and now you need to invest in something else. So, yeah. so as somebody that works in the space, I'm kind of going against myself a little bit in what yeah. I say. Uh, I wholly, wholly agree with, 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 with that last sentiment. And actually it's really playing out in the whole, bringing people back to the office thing. You, yeah. can, you can see that the, the battle that's happening is I can see people want, you know, employers want to be more flexible, uh, but want to find a different way of working because it's had an inevitable impact on their productivity, on their culture, but they're worried about, you know, about the impact of how to have those conversations mm. because they know that the short term may involve a bit of pain. Right? Yeah, but they've exactly. Got to, they've got to go through that bit. They may lose some people, but they've got to go through it yeah. to then start to create a new, you know, to, a to new evolve, version of normal. You know, yeah, you, evolve. you evolve through pain, don't you, normally? Yeah. Um, mate, brilliant. Let's go on to the reasons to be cheerful. What you got for me? It's Lois's birthday tomorrow. That's it. I'm, uh, you know, and let me just say that the reason I'm cheerful, obviously I'm, I'm happy for her. She's going to get nice presents and things. Um but actually, she just she planted something in my head, and it's connected to what we we're just talking about now. Actually, it really broke my heart. She said, "On oh, my birthday, will you will you not work oh. in the evening?" And 
that's kind of what really fed into all of my sort of layers of thinking while I've been away around. I, I can't do less work, but I can do it in a better way. And I can also be like, yeah, for those important moments, I just got, you know, of course I was always going to be, I was never going to work. But the fact that she even had to say it yeah. means that there's something that I needed to resolve within my family unit. So reasons to be cheerful is I am off tomorrow afternoon and we're going to have fun. And she's got, a, you know, she's got parties at the weekend and all, a party at the weekend, not parties. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> she's got, um, and it's just like, that's it. That's just, that is the week. Nothing else is more important for me than making sure she has a, a, a wonderful birthday and, you know, and fun times. Sweet, mate, love that. A great reason to be cheerful. My reason to be cheerful is a Royal Wooden Bassett FC. Uh, I went to the I went to the club this year for my like you know I didn't know at the time that it was going to be my final season, but once it looked like we were going to win the league, it, it it felt like it was going to, and I felt really tired towards the end of the season, mentally and physically. I've been waiting for the season to end, but the club have just been absolutely brilliant with particularly my boy Jimmy who come to live with me in December last year has had a real difficult time actually uh, over the over the last few months and the clerk like he always says that he feels like he's part of the team you know mm. they let him sit in the dugout which they're not really allowed to but you know the gaffer Steve will always you know sort of make sure that he finds a way to get him in there they mention yeah. him in, you know, he's allowed to go and warm up on the pitch with us. In our last training session of the season, they let him join in the, to training. And um, he's just loved it. Do you know what I mean? He's loved the whole thing. He's loved the whole season. He's loved being part of something. And they're a real community club where we are. And I like, I plan to be heavily involved with them now going forward. I say heavily. I, mean, I plan to be involved with them in some way uh, going forward. Probably veterans football. You're just year. still going to put your boots on and just like just jump onto the pitch and hope no one notices, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, like that dude who used to jump on for the pitches. Do you remember him? Jumped yeah. on the Champions League pitcher, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> veterans football, mate, for me next year, I think over 35s football uh, it will be where I start and then maybe maybe some sort of coaching or management role in the future. So oh, watch this space. Oh, look at that. Brilliant. Yeah. Watch this space. Um, that's mate, in the far future, yeah. by the way, in a few years' time. I'm talking yeah. five to ten. When you've got all your assistants working for you and doing all the work that, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that you don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brilliant, mate. That was wonderful. And I know it was really important, you know, and uh, to go out on a high, uh, winning winning the league and a uh, and, uh, bit bit of uh, uh, memory to take forward with you is just, it's a yeah. perfect uh, swan song moment, isn't it? So Perfect, mate. I've enjoyed this. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, good to be back and looking forward to the coming episodes. Uh, that was a really good one today. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.